Hey, this is Duan Hill, and you're listening to my new podcast, Hey Wise Guys, ideas for creatives about what matters most. Hey, we're back for episode number three of my brand new podcast, Hey Wise Guys. If you've listened to episode one and two, thanks for coming back. It means a lot to me that you would spend your time with me today. And if you're a brand new listener, welcome. I also want to say congratulations to Marquise Hardin and Ashley Phillips for winning the giveaway we had going on last time. They won dinner for two. So I hope you all enjoy that free dinner you got coming up. And uh, I'm doing another giveaway on this episode at the end of this episode. So make sure you stick around to hear what that will be. Today, I'm going to dive into a topic and a story that's really close to home. And it's about how I almost gave up on music and on creativity. And so I hope my story and some of the truth that I learned along the way will encourage you to look at your challenges a little bit differently today. So let's jump in. So one thing about creative people uh, like me is we are often self-motivated and driven to do um, impossible things. We like to dream about the infinite possibilities of what could be. We like to stretch our imagination. We like to go beyond what the last person has done. And we like to extend the boundaries of what is possible for art and for inspiration. If it were up to me, I would start a project every day. (laughs) I would start a new, fun, creative project every day and uh, almost to a fault. I love to dream, I love to stretch, and I love to reach for things that may seem outside of my comfort zone. But what happens when there's an obstacle between where I am and where I want to go? What happens when a challenge or a closed door stands between what I want to do now and where I want to be in the future? In fact, sometimes we are so inspired to stretch beyond where we currently are that we don't really prepare for the possibility of limitation and the possibility of closed doors. I mean, if it were up to me, everyone would tell me yes all the time. (laughs) Everyone would be available all the time. And every project that I wanted to finish would be completely up to my own timeline. While that's fun to consider and an interesting perspective, it actually makes room for a detrimental possibility. What if someone tells me no? Wait, what? (laughs) What if I go for something and the answer is no? What if I open myself up to a possibility and the response is not right now? What if I dream my biggest dream and follow my biggest passion and I get a few steps down the road and the response from people or the response from reality comes back as no? Well, this happened to me, and uh, I'm sure it's happened to you too. And one particular story has a real big place in my life. I was at Belmont University, wrapping up my senior year there as a music major, 
and I was really excited to explore what could come next. Um, Usually when you're graduating from college, the world is your oyster and you fully expect to be able to do anything you want to do. (laughs) Um, I had made great grades in school. I had been very successful in performing music and making um, a pretty good reputation in Nashville for being a musician and a teacher and a producer. Um, I had set my sights on expanding my influence and my career uh, to the other side of the country. Um, I wanted to move from Nashville to another school in California, and I just knew that this school was the next step for me. Um, One of my favorite professors was there. Uh, So many students from Belmont were also moving to California, and it was kind of the gold rush at that time. If you were in Nashville and you wanted to be successful, you moved. (laughs) You went to a different city. It was almost like Nashville was the pedestal or the middle ground between um, the promised land of California. And so I joined the gold rush, or I thought I was going to join the gold rush. I applied to one of the top schools out on the West Coast. Um, I even helped some of my friends apply to that school. And we applied together knowing, quote unquote, that we were going to be successful out there. And so I submitted my application Um, I made plans to move out there, and in December of that year, I graduated, and I waited for the response to come back that I had been accepted into that school. I thought of no other option. I had not even considered the option that they would say no, and that's exactly what they did. (laughs) It wasn't funny then, but today I chuckle a little bit because what a grandiose idea that nothing could stand in my way. Um, I was a very confident young man and uh, thought that anything that I wanted would be mine. Uh, But I was disappointed to find out uh, in the following weeks that the school had denied my application. They sent me a letter saying that they appreciated my application um, and they enjoyed the audition tape and all the materials that I sent, but they did not have space in their program for me. And that was a very difficult letter to receive. And for the sake of this story, I'm going to call it a rejection letter because that's what it was. They essentially told me, no, we don't want you here. And I had never in my life been told no. Now, of course, my parents told me, no, you can't eat candy before bedtime (laughs) or you can't run across the street, or you can't run around the church, or you can't be out too late. Of course, I have boundaries set in my life by my parents and mentors and friends, but this was the first time that I had applied myself to something with the expectation that I would succeed and be accepted. When the response came back and the rejection letter said, no, I didn't know what to do. I mean, what do you do when someone tells you no? How do you handle the emotions like sadness and anger and fear and disappointment and rejection? I had never felt that type of rejection before. 
it reminded me of the type of rejection you would feel if you asked out someone on a date and they said no, or you applied for a job and they didn't want to hire you, or you auditioned for a band or tried out for a team and the response was no. That's what it felt like. It felt like I had given my best, that I had applied myself, that I had presented myself the best way I could, and the best that I could give wasn't enough. Man, that was, that was a rough couple of weeks. After I got that letter, I spent a few days kind of wallowing in that feeling of rejection. I didn't really want to go out. I didn't feel like hanging out with my friends. I didn't like applying myself to any creative projects. I mean, what's the point? What's the use of going for something? What's the use of trying if your best is not enough? I didn't feel like I had much of anything to work for. In fact, the things that I had worked for, the things that I had accomplished in the past, seemed to lose their value because if they weren't good enough to get me to the next level, maybe they weren't good enough in the beginning. I mean, I know those are some heavy thoughts and maybe you haven't experienced that before, but I know what it feels like to be rejected. I know what it feels like for someone to tell you no. So before I tell you more of that story, I just want to hang out here and talk about what rejection is. You know, I think most of us have experienced a time in our life where we know we gave something our all. We believed in a project. We believed in a relationship. We believed in a church. We believed in a family member. We believed in a job so much that we sacrificed all that we could to be accepted by that person or that relationship or that situation. And one of the most devastating things that can happen to a person is to see their sacrifice, to see their gift, to see their passion trampled upon, ignored, rejected. It's a very deep, human, natural feeling to want to recoil into darkness and to hide and to retract and to board up our hearts when we face a situation like this. Why would you continue to give? Why would I continue to work and create if my creativity wasn't validated? But here are some things that I learned from that situation. Number one, rejection is not a measurement of intrinsic value. I want to say that again. Rejection is not a measurement of intrinsic value. See, I thought that this rejection letter that I received from this university directly correlated to what I was worth as a person. If they rejected my application, surely I'm not worth anything. If they rejected my music, then maybe 
I'm not worth much as a person. And this, to be completely honest, is a flat out lie. There is no situation that I'm involved in that defines me as a person more than the value that I get from God. And that's easy to say and much easier to think about than it is to actually live out. Because when a situation or a person or a relationship pushes you away, our knee-jerk reaction is to label ourselves as the one of lesser value. Because if I was worth something, everyone would accept me. Everyone would want to be around me. Every organization and every group would want my talents to be involved. And what I learned is the situation that I'm in and the gifts and the passions that I bring to that situation are not directly related. There could be many, many reasons why my specific skill set and my skills and my passions may not be the right fit for every situation in the whole world. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense logically, but from an internal heart perspective, it's hard to receive that I can't be all things to all people when the truth is I'm not supposed to be all things to all people. I'm supposed to be me for the situation that I'm called to be in. And if that is true, if there are situations and relationships that are crafted specifically for my mind and for my talents and for my creativity, then that means there are also situations that I am not suited for. And whether I'm suited for a situation or not has no bearing on whether the gifts and talents that I have have value. Furthermore, even if no one recognizes my gifts and talents in this world, I am still not defined by the use of those talents. I am a God-crafted, God-created, God-breathed human being with an intrinsic value that goes way beyond what I do. The way that God looks at me is not based on the good and the bad that I do. It's based on an unending, unconditional, relentless love. This love is so powerful and so palpable that it encourages me, it inspires me to do good, not to earn and to keep the love, but to pass on the love that I've already received. And therefore, I'm not dependent on a situation or a relationship or an opportunity to refill me up or to validate the love that I'm passing out. The second thing that I learned is that rejection is not the indicator for future success. Rejection is not the indicator for future success. Let me explain that. See, we often think that the road to success, the ladder to success, is minimizing the amount of obstacles and challenges I face along the way. The truth is, to have the prize of success without the journey of recovering from mistakes and healing from rejection is a very lifeless process. In fact, 
It is the healing. It is the restoration. It is the redemption that makes the human story so beautiful. And you can't have restoration. You can't have healing. You can't have redemption without some level of pain, hurt, and rejection. Now, I'm not welcoming those things. I don't wish that on myself or anybody else. But I am thankful to be able to experience the healing power of God's love because of the rejection that I've experienced. And what's so beautiful about redemption and what is so beautiful about healing is that as I receive that love from God that washes the wounds, that covers the wounds, that heals the wounds, I learn that what I have experienced in my heart, the pain and the turmoil and the sadness that I've experienced, does not disqualify me from future success. In fact, it actually builds my character to handle future success. Because let me tell you, the more successful I am, the more responsibility I have. And the more responsibility I have, the more opportunity there is for attack, for persecution, for critique, so many things that would knock me off my horse if I had not already experienced the redeeming, healing power of God's love. So let me tell you what rejection is. Listen to this. Rejection is an opportunity to refocus. Yeah, rejection is an opportunity to refocus. And you may, (laughs) the pain you feel from being rejected by a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a job or a school or an opportunity may not offhand make you think that this is an opportunity for anything other than more pain. But let me tell you, one thing that does happen when you have to walk through a hard season is believing and realizing that no matter what happens to me, I can make a decision. I can make a choice about what I focus on. And in this case, I could either focus on the rejection letter from the school, or I could think about the other open doors that would come from this one particular no. So let me tell you what happened. After about a month of being very sad about that rejection letter, I got a call from my friend Jason Eskridge. He's a great singer musician here in town. He invited me to come to Chicago and play in his band. I was very reluctant to go. Again, I was having a pity party and didn't really want to do anything that sounded like music because I thought my life was over. (laughs) But uh, I decided to go. I decided to move past my emotions and I accompanied him to Chicago and he was opening for an artist named Johnny Lang. And if you don't know who Johnny Lang is, he's an incredible musician, guitar player. And I'll have to tell you the whole story later, but long story short, Johnny saw me playing for my friend Jason. And according to him, he knew at that moment that I was his new keyboard player. Johnny's current keyboard player had decided not to continue playing in the band. And Johnny so happened (laughs) to be looking for a keyboard player that night. And two days later, I was in Johnny Lang's band. Not two weeks after that, I got a call from another artist, CeCe Winans, to play in her band. And that was a dream come true. 
So within 30 days, I went from the saddest place in my life to being able to play and travel with two of my greatest inspirations. Not only that, because I stayed in Nashville, I met my wife, Laura. She was not in California. (laughs) She was in Nashville. Uh, Thank God I stayed in Nashville to meet her and marry her. Uh, I met her at church, Nashville Life, the church I go to here in town. And while working here in town, I've been able to produce a lot of records, um, been nominated for two Dove Awards, and even won a Grammy. (laughs) I mean, I couldn't have written a better ending to that sad time. And I'm not done yet. I believe that I have many more things to do here in town. And this is what I want to tell you. Don't allow a moment of rejection to cloud your focus. Rejection is an opportunity to focus on what is really important. To see opportunities that you may have missed before. Maybe there's something else that you should be thinking about. Maybe there's something more lovely, something more beautiful, something worth praise that could take your attention off of the no that seems to be clouding your judgment. You know, this is why I really identify with the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it's not a lofty theoretical truth. It's very practical. And I want to read this verse of scripture that applies to what we're talking about. This is Jesus speaking. In John chapter 15, he says, You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear much fruit, the kind of fruit that endures. Then again, Jesus says in John chapter 6, Everyone whom the Father gives me will come to me, and I will never turn away anyone who comes to me. Isn't that amazing? Even if everyone else rejects you, and in Jesus' case, everyone did, his family, the leaders of that day, even you and I have turned our backs on him. He has never rejected us. He's never pushed us aside. Every time we call him, every time we run to him, his arms are open to receive us, to purify us, to clean us, and to give us a second chance. If you're feeling pushed aside today, if you're feeling like you're on the edge of being all by yourself, or if you've already jumped over the edge to being fully alienated from the people you love, from the passions you want to give, from the gifts you want to share, I want to tell you today that you're not rejected, you're not alone, and you are loved. Think about what is good what is lovely, what is a good report. Think about who you really are and not what the situation or that person said you are. And if you can believe that, if you can turn to the one who will never turn away from you, I believe your life, your relationships, your creativity, your passions, your gifts, your treasures will be illuminated in the world for the whole world to marvel and give credit to God. Well, there goes episode number three. I'm really honored that you would take the time to listen to my story and I hope some of what I said was helpful for you. 
If you think this podcast would be helpful for someone else as well, please share, subscribe, and let others know what we're talking about here on the Hey Wise Guys podcast. And to just help add some fun to sharing, I'm doing a brand new giveaway starting with episode number three. All you have to do is tag your friend who should hear this podcast in your social media post. And I'll give both of you a gift card to your favorite coffee shop. But this giveaway only lasts for a short amount of time and for a small amount of people. So you want to make sure you share it right now before it runs out. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time.